counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, I'm really pleased that you're here. Now I'm doing something slightly different today because I'm going to share with you a little bit about my journey and how I got to where I am today because, well, it's actually my business anniversary. Now I shared in last week's show, so episode 45, four things that I've learned in four years working with clients, but actually it's a double anniversary because in May, so this is May 2021, it'll be four years since I started working with clients but it's three years since I opened the Grow Your Private Practice Club. So I'm going to be talking about my journey and some of the lessons that I've learned, which feels a little bit strange because, to be honest, I'm not really used to talking about me. So I'm probably just going to squirm the whole way through. But it's funny, isn't it? Because we kind of plod along doing what we have to do but we can really miss how far we've actually moved things forward and how much that we've done. So like I say, last week I listed out some of the milestones that I've reached over the last four years, which includes, well, quite a lot of things when I looked at it. So it included producing a Facebook group. So I used to have a free Facebook group. It's no longer open, so don't go and look for it because I closed it about a year ago, actually, to concentrate on helping members. So I started a free Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, I started to do weekly lives. So I'd go on live every week to do some sort of training. I also started delivering coaching packages. So I could, I'd work with people individually. And I took a course teaching me all about how to produce programs, which was fantastic, learned a huge amount. And so I produced a program and the program was all about how to use Facebook to grow your practice. I've also spoken on stages. I've given lectures. I've written a book. <laughs> I've written a book. I mean, wow. And it's, it's hard to believe that I wrote a book. And I started something called Therapy Rebrand Movement, and which is all about helping it, helping us to help people to come to counselling, trying to take away some of those blocks. I do have some free training on it and I'll put a link to that below. But probably the biggest thing that I did was to open the Grow Your Private Practice membership. So I'm going to share with you some of the most important lessons that I learned when I was growing my practice and when I, when I was growing my business, really. And I think that they'll help you too. And I'd love you to let me know. So back in the day, my journey into training to be a counsellor started in the September and I enrolled on my very first counselling course, which was the Introduction to Counselling short course. And then two months later in the November, I left my husband. So that left me with two small boys and one of them had a medical condition and still does have a medical condition, which was pretty tricky, actually. And... uh, yeah, bit of a sh- bit of a shocker. 
So yeah, there I was, was previously married and living in a nice house. And then there I was not really knowing what to do next, because at that time, all I had was a small business and I didn't really have any accounts to speak of. And I knew that we was going to have to sell the house and move. And yeah, a little bit of a worrying time. I didn't have any money and I didn't really have much support. And I don't know if you've ever been through something like this, but isn't it funny how some friends disappear when you need them most? Maybe that should be the first lesson that I talk about because I did learn a huge, big lesson from that. And I think it was about me being a people pleaser, always being there for others. And I just wasn't able to spot all the takers. You know, the takers who drop whenever you need them and you're only really there to look after them. So yeah, that was a big lesson, but I digress. That's not really what I wanted to talk about. But yeah, I was kind of on my own, really. Didn't have any support, didn't really have any money. So yeah, it was a pretty difficult start. But despite this, I got myself a part-time admin job at the hospital to bring in some stability whilst I completed the counselling courses. So I went on to do the counselling skills course and then the advanced diploma which included a placement and the rest, as they say, is history. So that's how I got into counselling. And what can I say about that? Well, there's been some real highs and lows and actually some pretty devastating bouts of depression. I've had several periods of being signed off in that time. And if you've ever suffered from depression, I don't need to tell you that being depressed as a single parent is no joke. So when the time came to start my private practice, I didn't really have any money or any support. So lesson one was that I learned to bootstrap my business. So what is bootstrapping? I don't know if it's necessarily a UK word. I think it's more of a US word. I'm not sure. But according to Google, bootstrapping a startup means that you start lean and without the help of outside capital. It means continuing to fuel the growth internally from cash flow produced by the business. And that's what I did. So what they're basically saying is that you will get some clients and then your clients will pay for, you know, some investment into the business. And that money that 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 creates means that you can keep putting it back into the business, if that kind of makes sense. So yeah, that's what I did. I bootstrapped my business. Now, I've said before, I'm a bit of a tenacious bugger when I want to be, and I knew that I wanted to be a counsellor. So I bootstrapped my business. I learned how to do all of the things myself. And that was enough. I worked part-time in an admin job, and I saw clients part-time. But at this time, because I'd started doing a little bit of bootstrapping, I became more and more interested in marketing, probably because I had to learn how to do it all myself. So I learned how to make websites. I learned about branding. I learned about copywriting, using social media, blogging and doing email marketing. And really, I learned a lot and I absolutely loved it. I loved it. Why, Why did I love it? I loved it really, I think, and I always say this, I loved the creativity. I kind of liked the out of the box thinking, being able to think, right, okay, I need some clients. How can I do it? What are some different ways I can get in front of people? And having the freedom of being my own boss really suits me. I just I just don't think I'm employable, not anymore. I don't think I could take, I don't think I could take direction from anybody. 
So as well as bootstrapping my business, after a while, sadly, my granddad died, but he did leave me some money in his will. So finally, I had a little bit of money. So I wanted to invest that in some training because I know that it's like a really good investment. So this is lesson two for you, and that is think very carefully before you invest in an expensive course. Because for me, this was a, a very expensive mistake. Now, I kind of, I chose a course that wasn't right for me. And I think basically they had a very fancy schmancy sales page and I just got hooked into it really. And I spent £2,000 on it for the pleasure. So if you want to invest in your practice, do your homework beforehand and be sure that what they offer is going to be suitable for counsellors because there are a surprising number of things that are done in marketing that just aren't suitable for us as counselling. Now, there are loads of courses out there. Some are amazing and some are a little bit less amazing and some are right for you and some are a little bit less right for you. So consider what it is that you need and do your homework and find what's right for you. Because investing your money into something like that could be an amazing thing. It can also be a big waste of your money. So please make sure that you choose something that's right for you. But after that, I invested some money into doing like a blogging program. And this was a lot cheaper and it was really all all I could afford again. So it was a little like a membership, but it was before memberships were really a thing. And that was just what I needed, just to give me the boost and the accountability that I needed. Now, lesson three is throw yourself into marketing, because that's what I did. I absolutely threw myself into learning. Now, my kids were still young, but I would learn at every opportunity. If I took them to a play area or to the park, I'd take a book so that I could learn, or I'd take a journal so that I could write. I would learn when they went to bed. I would learn it in my lunch break. So I really, really threw myself into it. I did things like standalone workshops and I read everything I could get my hands on. Now, podcasts weren't a thing then. And Audible, I don't think Audible was around then, but blogging really was. And there were plenty of blogs about and there still are. So I followed all the big names in the marketing world and I sucked up their knowledge like a dry sponge. And alongside working part-time and counselling, I started myself an online blog and business. Now, this was called Friends with Food, and it was all about relationships with food and intuitive eating, which was my niche as a counsellor. So I opened it and then I closed it (laughs) before it really took off. So why? Why would I do that? Well, Lesson four is do the work on yourself and keep doing the work on yourself because I got massive imposter syndrome. Now, imposter syndrome seems to be a constant companion for me, and it's something that I am constantly working on. So so with friends with food, because I wasn't slim and I'm still not slim, in my head, I kind of thought that people would really criticize me. So in my head, there were all sorts of cruel scenarios that I put there of people laughing at me and people putting cruel comments on social media and saying, well, how can you help people? Because you're fat. And I imagined them laughing at me, criticizing me. 
And as you can imagine, that properly freaked me out. And I know that this is not unusual because I know lots of counsellors feel really worried about going on social media or blogging or anything like that because they really worry that there's going to be somebody out there that's so critical and nasty. I just want to reassure you that that just isn't the case, okay? (laughs) That just isn't the case. But I closed my business before it even really started. And I think this is so important for us as therapists because we hear all the time that we need to do the work on ourselves first when it comes to counselling because, well, I just think it's really true. So so just don't skimp on your own counselling. It absolutely pays dividends, not only for you in your personal life, but also in your professional life. So you can explore something like, you know, an issue in your mindset, and that can really help you to move forward in your practice. Now, I'm not saying that a few sessions exploring your tendency to procrastinate means you'll never procrastinate again. You know this, it doesn't, if only, only, but it just doesn't work this way. But the more that you're aware of your patterns and your triggers, the more you can defend yourself against them. So yeah, my mindset issue led me to closing down that budding business, despite my passion for it. And because I really was passionate about it. And I do sometimes wonder how many people I could potentially have helped if I'd been in a different headspace. So please don't let that happen to you. (laughs) It's just, don't do that to yourself. That said, I started a new business. And the new business that I started was about self-care for people pleasers. Isn't it funny how we teach what we need to learn? So I learned how to run a Facebook group and I had a really lovely Facebook group that was called the Self-Care Cafe. I learned all about email marketing and I produced lead magnets. And a lead magnet is a free document that is really attractive to your ideal clients so that they sign up for your emails. And I learned how to write weekly emails. I learned about running challenges and I had a free 21-day challenge that was delivered via email that actually had thousands of people that went through it. I learned about messaging and copywriting, all the things. I also learned about courses and I had a really simple course about how to say no. It was actually called how to say no without feeling guilty or changing your mind. Because I think saying no is actually pretty easy. But when somebody tries to persuade you to, to change your mind, that's what can be difficult. I also at that time learned about a little bit about passive income and I produced an ebook that was all about journaling and I sold it. And, you know, it's still, I still have people buy it now, but not very often because I'm not, I'm not promoting it, but somehow they find it in the depths of the internet and every now and again, people buy it. I mean, isn't that amazing? But then, hey, guess what? I closed it all down again. And why was it this time? Well, it was something different. The problem was I had so many people that contacted me for help. My inbox was chock-a-block full of emails from people who were sharing their stories of pain and cruelty. So things like, oh, my husband has just done this and my husband calls me this and my husband beats me. Just such a lot of that. And I can handle that in the counselling room. That was my job as a counsellor. I could hold that and I could handle that. But for these people, I wasn't their counsellor and they were desperate. So lesson five is to learn not to take too much responsibility for others. Because as a people pleaser myself, 
I took, I just took so much responsibility for these people. And I ended up feeling, well, I felt overwhelmed. I felt absolutely overwhelmed. And I felt really helpless because I wanted to just help everybody. And of course you can't. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it's the truth. You can't help everybody. And again, this is something that I'm still working on. Actually, I'm currently having some therapy. And one of the things that I'm working on is exactly this, how to stop taking too much responsibility for other people. So again, I would say get some counselling if you need some help with anything like this. I've dipped into counselling literally throughout my life. My first counselling was in my early 20s. And just to say, sometimes, I don't know if you ever worry about this. I know as counsellors, we probably should not think this, but I think sometimes we can worry that starting counselling means it could go on for a really long time because it can do, can't it? But it's okay to select a specific counsellor that works with whatever it is that you're worrying about or dealing with and then contract with them to just have four sessions or however however many sessions that you want and work on that one aspect if that's what you want to do. So use counselling as a resource that's going to help you personally and to help you to move your business forward. So lesson six is it's okay to change what you're doing, even if it's successful. In business, nothing is written in stone and you can literally change whatever you want to do at any time. So this might be that you've got a niche and you want to change. I just want to say that's absolutely fine. I've worked with lots of, well, I've worked with hundreds of people to do with niches. I used to actually do a pro, um, what was it called? It wasn't really a program. I used to sort of do a service called Know Your Niche. And I used to help counsellors choose their niche. And I think one of the problems was that there was this idea that once, once you choose your niche, that's it. You've got to stay with that niche forever. And I want to reassure you that that's just not the case. And this is one of the reasons that I recommend that when you choose a practice name, don't connect it to your niche unless you're absolutely positive that you're not going to change your mind and go to a different niche. Now, again, I actually talk about this in episode 39, which is called What Should I Name My Practice? So it might be worth having a look at that if you're going through, you know, that it's supposed to be exciting, isn't it, naming your practice, but it can actually feel like a bit of a minefield. So yeah, go and have a listen to that. Now, one of my favourite sayings is, your business, your rules. And honestly, this is the beauty of being self-employed. You make the rules. Nobody is telling you what to do. Again, check out episode 12, which is called Your Business, Your Rules, where I talk about this a little bit more. Now, lesson seven is create boundaries and enforce them. Now, I truly believe that when things don't go the way that we want them to, it's not a failure. It's a really important opportunity opportunity to learn. And this was definitely the case for me. God knows I made <laughs> I made enough mistakes. I should know I should know everything by now. <laughs> I can remember talking to a friend once about well, it was it was after I'd closed the self care cafe, and it was a counselling friend, and I was having a coffee with them. And I was talking to her about wanting to work with counsellors to help them with their marketing, but I was really worried about it. And she kind of got the wrong end of the stick or I didn't communicate it properly because she thought that I was worried that I would fail, but that wasn't it at all. What I was actually worried about was that I'd be really successful, 
And the same thing would happen again that happened with the self-care cafe. I would become really swamped by people's needs, feel overwhelmed and feel helpless and get burnt out. And then I kind of realised it was like, dull. <laughs> the answer is to work out your boundaries in the beforehand and then stick to them. Now, I know that this is easier said than done. It always is. Let's face it, if you've got kids, you'll know how easy it is to tell them what their bedtime is going to be. And it's a completely different thing when it actually comes to putting them to bed because they'll all of a sudden want to drink, want something to eat. They won't have cleaned the teeth. They won't put their pyjamas on. It's a lot easier to make a boundary than enforce it. But every time I feel swamped, it's because I've allowed my boundaries to be more relaxed. And this is every single time. So now I'm a lot more on top of my boundaries. So much so that when I get new members into the Grey Private Practice Club, I actually have a document that says what they can expect from me and what they can expect the club. So basically it says, that I'm available during general office hours and how's the best way to contact me and what is and isn't included in their membership. And it actually felt really squirmy putting that out there, but now I have done and I feel so much happier for it. And we need to be happy and comfortable when we're working, don't we? So please, please, please consider your boundaries in advance. Time boundaries, for example, is something that's pretty easy to do to make sure that your working hours are convenient for you and not just trying to fit in with all of your clients at times that are just not convenient for you. And I actually have a podcast that has a free download with it that's going to help you with this, which is episode 24 called Managing Your Diary with Time Blocking. So if you do get stuck with that, go and check it out. Now, lesson eight is, you know more than you think you do. Now, I actually founded and ran the Lincoln Counselors Network for four years, and I've seen how many amazing, talented, experienced and highly trained counsellors just weren't attracting the number of clients that they wanted or needed. So I kind of started doing a little bit of coaching and I built, built a couple of websites for people. and. I really wanted to help other people to use these marketing skills to grow their business. But again, imposter syndrome was shouting very loudly at me, very loudly. And are you noticing a pattern here? Yes, I do get imposter syndrome a lot. So my imposter syndrome this time was saying to me, well, who the hell are you to help other counsellors? What do you know? You're not specially trained. You don't have a degree. And again, it really very nearly put me off. I mean, very, very nearly put me off, but not quite. So this time I didn't let it put me off because I felt sure that I could combine the skills that I have from counselling and my marketing skills to help therapists to not only grow their business, but to really help them to overcome their fears and doubts as well. So lesson nine is action is the antidote to fear. I think that my very first podcast, so I think episode one was called Action is the Antidote to Fear because it, I just think it's so important. So I started my Facebook group for counsellors four years ago. I started it before I really knew what I was doing, before I could really talk myself out of it. And I absolutely loved it. 
I used to say that it was a bit like a staff room for counsellors, and that's exactly what it was like. It was a place to come and connect and chat. In fact, after I closed it, Zena started a new group that's called Counsellor Staff Room. So, <laughs> which is interesting, isn't it? I think it's a great title and it's got the same sort of vibe. So go and check it out on Facebook and uh, yeah, it's a nice group to be in. So yeah, action is the antidote to fear. So that means don't wait and learn all the theory about how to do something. Just get stuck in because you can learn all the theory about doing something and still be scared. So, But if you get stuck in and try it, you'll realise nothing bad's really going to happen. So that's what I did. That's what I do. I say yes to things and then work it out how to do it. Now, lesson 10 is to try lots of things and keep an open mind. So I started doing weekly lives. I started offering coaching. I learned how to produce programs and then I produced a program. I think I said about Facebook. I did some speaking and I produced a course until I realized that the thing that would help counselors the most while simultaneously keeping the price affordable was to open a membership. So I didn't start off knowing exactly what I wanted to do. It was over time that it really occurred to me the right thing for me to do. Lesson 11 is to trust yourself. Now, this was massive. This is massive. I wanted to join a membership and that was so daunting because despite everything that I've said, I'm simply not a, tech, not a techie person and a membership has a lot of moving parts. So trust yourself. Trust that you will work out what you need to do. That's what I did. I joined a membership that was all about memberships and I got stuck in. There are loads of different things to help you. We are, there's never been more information about all the things you need to learn. There are books, there's YouTube, there's blogs, there's Facebook groups. There's just all sorts of, there's my membership. There's obviously, there's my membership. There's so many different ways that you can learn about some of the things that you need to learn about. So I did it. I've got stuck in and learned how to do these things all the time with my imposter syndrome shouting and screaming at me. I bootstrapped the whole thing. So my membership when it started was completely different to now. I made the logo. I chose the branding. I wrote the copy. I added a couple of pieces of training that I already had. So one of them was about blogging and I planned the next couple of months of live workshops I opened the doors and people came in and there are still many that are still with me. And if you're one of those people now listening to this, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you are. It really means the world to me that after all this time, you're still in the group. And I love it. It feels like finally I found what's right for me. And as I say, it's taken a while. So lesson 12 is to embrace change. Very rarely do people start out in business and that business stays exactly the same. But the change is the thing that keeps things interesting. So expect that your business is going to change. Expect that things will change and welcome it. Change brings growth. It brings business growth and it brings personal growth. So here's the thing. When I started out, I did it all myself, very much on a budget. And then after a while, I started to earn some more money. So I was able to get some help. So I got a VA 
I had a rebrand and now I have Sprout. I don't know if you know Sprout. Sprout's my seedling icon and I love Sprout. Um, so I got I got Sprout. I got a new logo. I got a new website. I got all new fancy fonts. Everything sort started looking a lot more professional. And literally, that's what I recommend. That's what I talked about right at the beginning. Please don't let a lack of money stop you from doing things. Bootstrap your business. Make the money. Use the money to invest in growing your business more as you go along. Now, both my book, the Grow Your Private Practice book and the Grow Your Private Practice Club, both have quick start sections in there where you can get started quickly without the need for a logo or business cards or even a website. So if you need some help with that, I'm quite happy to help. So the membership that I have is a constantly evolving place. If you joined Grow Your Private Practice three years ago and then rejoin now, you just wouldn't recognize it. I mean, it's just completely different. And I keep trying things out. I keep trying new things and experimenting. So it looks different and what it offers is different. But not only that, I'm different. I'm a different person because, of course, all through this, I've been learning. I've been learning about myself. But more importantly, I've been learning about my members. So I've been learning about what my members want, what they need. And I produce training in order to help them with that. So it's kind of member led. In fact, I've recently started a new program of events that includes a monthly Q&A and a monthly coaching call to address mindset issues, as well as monthly workshops or guest expert masterminds or challenges. So there's always something going on. And I still have loads of ideas. So at the moment, I've got a couple of new ideas kind of tap dancing through my mind as well. So watch this, watch this space. I'm constantly learning and growing and you have to because nothing stays the same. But that really is the beauty of it. It keeps things nice and interesting. Now, lesson 13 is it all just takes time. So probably the biggest and most important lesson that I've learned is that all of this takes time. It usually takes longer than you think it's going to. I will often hear people that are really concerned because they've been in business for two or three months and they don't have a full practice yet. So if that's you, I really feel it. I understand it. I've been there. But what's happening is you're learning a new skill and then you have to practice those skills, and that takes some time. Also, there are a squillion different ways that you can market your practice. So you have to find the right one for you, for your personality, that fits with the skills you already have. And that just takes a while. So I would recommend that you try to enjoy the process. Look at it as a fun challenge. Maybe set yourself some goals and some targets. And we do do quarterly goal setting workshops in the club. But goals and targets can help to really make this more of a fun challenge so that you so that you do enjoy the process. So over my time in business, I've been through and I'm still going through all of the mindset issues. There are imposter syndrome, having fears, procrastination, perfectionism, talking of perfectionism. I recorded all of this. And I decided it wasn't good enough. So I've just recorded it all again. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, shiny object syndrome, still get that. Literally all of the things I struggle with. And I know how they try to trick us into believing that we're just not good enough. 
we're just not qualified enough and they can be really sneaky and persistent. So please be vigilant and keep doing the work. So I recommend that you keep your eye on the goal that by doing more marketing means that you ultimately help more people. But not only that, you are also going to be helping yourself by earning more. And earning more money leads to less stress and more freedom, both for you and your family. So lesson 14, I serve, I deserve. I talked about this a little bit last time. But this is the mantra that I love. Now, when you're tempted to give too much, stop for a moment and think, I serve, I deserve. I deserve to be paid. I deserve to rest. I deserve to be valued. I deserve respect. Yes, respect from others, but also, and very importantly, from yourself. It's okay to say no. It's okay to maintain boundaries. It's okay to do things for yourself. I serve. I deserve. Now, sometimes when I look at other people, I get a little bit of comparisonitis. And sometimes I make things up about them in my head, like, well, it's all right for you. You didn't have to deal with whatever, or such and such didn't happen to you. And I tell myself that it was easier for them because they had more support than me or more money than me or something. And I always hate it when people say, well, if I did it, you can too, because I'm a completely different person to them. And you are too. You are a unique and completely different person to me. So as I said in lesson 12, trust yourself and trust the process because you're going to find your own way. All that's needed is the desire to succeed, the curiosity to try new things and the ability to see that when things don't go the way you wanted to, it wasn't a failure, it was a lesson. If you remember that, you're not going to go far wrong. So today I've shared 14 lessons, 14 lessons, crikey. And these are some lessons that I've learned when I've been growing my business and I'm still constantly learning. Yes, it does feel weird talking about myself, feel a little bit squirmy about it. I don't do it often, but I hope that this has helped you. So look, go easy on yourself because you're doing the best that you can. And as always, you don't have to struggle on alone. Come and join us in the Grow Your Private Practice Club. We've got help for you. We've got support. Okay, so that's it for today. I'd love to connect with you. And if you want to connect, the best places to find me are on Instagram, which is at Grow Your Private Practice, all lowercase, no spaces, or on LinkedIn. You'll find me, just look for Jane Travis and come and say hi. I'd love to say hello. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.